what would you say to someone that is saying, yeah, I don't, I don't have meaning and purpose in my life? I would say play more video games. Okay, so welcome back to the second episode of 10 Minute Break presented by Jesuit High School, the podcast uh, where we take 10 minutes uh, during 10 Minute Break to talk about faith, you know, culture, whatever else. Uh, today we've got student ministry president Hayes Martin, and joining us here is Father Brown of the Society of Jesus. Uh, welcome, Father. Thank you for having me. So, Father, I guess I'd start off, I know, and many students at Jesuit, we know you teach the art class at Jesuit, and uh, I guess... How did you go from, I'm guessing art has been a passion of yours for a while, how did you go from wanting to be in art or graphic design to becoming a Jesuit? Oh, well, when I was young, uh, I grew up on a farm in Eunice, Louisiana. Where? And, uh, Eunice, Louisiana, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Eunice, it's on the other side of Lafayette. It's on the west side of Lafayette, uh, sort of somewhat northwest of Lafayette, uh, south of Mamou, north of Crowley. Uh, and uh, on a big rice and crawfish farm, and uh, that farm life was good. I loved it. But I also, or other people, noticed in me the ability to, to draw a little bit. And uh, I sort of took that and kept working on it until I turned 18 and left home and wanted to go uh, design websites. That was sort of my passion at the time. It was the uh, middle of the 90s, and that was, that was what was taken off. And I thought that would be my career for the rest of my life was to design websites. So I studied a little bit of graphic design, a little bit of art, and... Uh, Halfway through that, I guess, uh, not halfway through that, after doing it for several years, uh, I, I began to question what I was spending my time doing, if this was, uh, if this was ever really going to make me happy, if this was ever really going to be serving God in the way God would, had wanted me to do. Uh, so I just knew that there was a lot of bad in the world and a lot of things in the world that, that maybe I could help, fix is not the right word, but to help contribute to, to things getting somewhat better. And so... Uh, I began, I guess you could call it hearing a calling from God in a sense, and so I did that dissatisfaction uh, with what I was doing. I felt like it was a calling from God to uh, think more about how he might be asking me to serve him. Eventually, I started thinking about the priesthood. Uh, I kind of fell in love with the stories of the Jesuit saints and martyrs and St. Ignatius, the way he looked at the world. Uh, I joined the Jesuits in the year 2000, and uh, the Jesuits then sent me to study philosophy and theology. Yeah, so it, so it sounds like that you, you kind of found, you said, your, your true calling or you know, the, the meaning and purpose behind your life. And that's, I guess, kind of what we wanted to talk about today anyway, was this, this idea of, of how do you find purpose and meaning in life? Uh, because, you know, recently I was reading this, this article that described that, you know, teenagers and young adults are increasingly reporting that they do not have meaning and purpose in their lives. And I guess what we could talk about today maybe is what would you say to someone that is saying, yeah, I don't, I don't have meaning and purpose in my life. Yeah, it, it's definitely a very sort of sad fact that there's so much unhappiness in the world. Uh, but I do think it stems from people looking for happiness in the wrong places. Uh, first of all, there's this phenomenon, before anything else, there's this phenomenon of people being in love with being, uh, I use the word pluripotent, you know, the idea that you could do almost anything. And we, we tell our young people this all the time. You can do anything with your life. Anything you put your mind to it, you can do it. And so it leaves uh, young people always trying to keep all of their options open. And in doing that, they miss the boat or the opportunity to excel at some way of glorifying God, right? So they, they, um, 
they, they think about religious life, for example, and they say, well, maybe, maybe after I have uh, the college experience, then I'll begin to be able to, to think about religious life or something like that. Or, you know, maybe they're dating and they're like, well, I wouldn't want to close all, any, off any of my options when it comes to dating. And so they never uh, really learn how to be a gentleman with, with a particular girl or anything like that or, or never learn how to, how to build a close friendship with someone because they're always trying to keep all of their options open. And I think from the very beginning, they would be better served if they examine their lives and examine themselves and examine where it could be that God is calling them and let nothing stand in the way once they figure that out. Let absolutely nothing stand in the way of serving God. So what you get is, you know, young people who, not just young people, older people as well. And, and you see if they've, if they've lived this way their whole life, you can see the disasters uh, that they make of their lives sometimes. But First, they fall in love with uh, things, uh, pleasures that can be satisfied from the outside, right? So they say, what do I like? Well, I like ice cream. Or, you know, I like the thrill of riding a skateboard. Or I like, you know, these sort of outside thrills that make me happy. And it, and it kind of is true. If you've ever had a, a bowl of ice cream, it makes you happy, right? <laughs> Especially while you're eating it. And as soon as you put down that bowl of ice cream, the happiness that it brought you begins to fade. And you might even feel some regret. You might even feel if you ate enough ice cream, you might even feel kind of sick. And, uh, you know, there's only so much ice cream in the world and so much ice cream that you can afford to buy. And, and uh, you know, that, that, that's, that, that as a source of happiness has its limits and really has its dangers. Uh, the next level up is which where, where, you know, young people begin to get wise to that and they start realizing that they can be happy by what they achieve how they, uh, they set their, their mind to something and they start to do something and they say, look at me, I'm winning, you know. Uh, think, of, think of like a boxer who at the end of a boxing match feels physically miserable, right? He's tired, he's just worn out, he's beat up, his eyes are swollen, but if he wins the boxing match, he's still happy. So none of the pleasures from the outside are, are making him happy. It's this internal sense of who he is that makes him really happy. He says, look at me, I'm a boxer, I won. That kind of happiness will last a little bit longer than ice cream, right? So you'll, you'll be happy knowing that you are the champ for a while. And uh, there's probably uh, a lot more opportunities for that kind of happiness, you know? So uh, the same way that, that, that there's a limited supply of ice cream in the world, there's a whole lot more opportunity for you to achieve and, and do well and be satisfied with yourself in some kind of way. So that happiness is definitely better. But it also has its limits, right? Think of, uh, you know, without naming anybody in particular, think of some of the people that you've known that have been at the absolute top of their game in the sports world, you know? How unhappy their lives are privately, you know? How many of them have been uh, divorced and remarried and divorced and remarried again, or have gone bankrupt, or have just been uh, hard people to be around and to be you know, just unlikable people. And yet they've had all the success in the world that they could ever want, and yet somehow they're unhappy. So I think it would help uh, for people to instead kind of back out and say that, and, and back out and say, what's going to make me happy is serving God the way I was created to serve God. So I'll experience God in the world, and then I want to share that with other people. So I become a kind of an evangelist just by my very being. So I'll experience truth in the world, and then I'll want to share it with others. I'll experience love you know, which is really all from God. God is the source of truth and love. And then I want to share that with others, that agape love, right, where you really want to just, just put yourself out there for other people. Or even, even justice, you know, I'll come to understand right and wrong in the world, and I want to fight for that right and wrong, uh, for things that are wrong to be right uh, in the world, you know. Even, even in a sense, God's being itself, where God's being is all about procreation rather than destruction or something like that. You know, when you find yourselves 
working towards those ends, when you find yourselves experiencing that from God and then wanting to share that with the world, you'll find a kind of happiness that can't come from that competitive, I must achieve kind of happiness. Or even from that, you know, that those physical pleasures in the world kind of happiness. We all probably need a little bit of that sometimes. Like a bowl of ice cream once in a while is good. And to have some kind of confirmation that you're on the right track is good. But your ultimate source of happiness has got to come from God and from you serving God by spreading uh, God's nature, in a sense, in the world. It's what we were, we were created for. And that's going to make you happy. Yeah. I mean, I guess uh, what I get a lot of my vocations class is, all right, Mr. Flores, I- I'm with you. I completely agree. I don't, I don't want to stop at that first or second level. You know, I'm all about what God's plan is for me, and, and that's where I want to go with my life, as long as you can guarantee me that I'll succeed. Like I'm all, I'm all about it. I'll, I'll take all those sacrifices and, and trials and tribulations, but can, can you give me that guarantee? Then I'll be about it. Uh, what do you say to, to this guy that, that wants this guarantee? Yeah, St. Ignatius <laughs> has a lot to say about this. He, he describes um, the, uh, these two banners that you have to choose to fight under. So a lot of people get excited about Jesuit spirituality and Ignatian spirituality, talking about how, uh, how it can really plumb the depths of the gray areas and all this. But you'd be surprised sometimes that St. Ignatius said, at least sometimes it's better to think of the world in black and white terms. And so he has you imagine that there are these two flags, he calls them standards, these two standards under which you gotta choose to fight. And one is the standard of uh, the adversary, Satan, right? And there's all of these uh, pleasures being, being offered to you. And, you know, come fight and come do what I ask you to do, you know, but, but, and I can offer you all of these worldly pleasures. And the other is the standard of the banner of Jesus Christ. And he says, I can't offer you any of those things, but I can offer you that I will live under the same banner that you do. I'll fight under the same banner. I'll, I'll sleep uh, in a tent just like yours. I'll charge up the same hill that you charge. And that closeness with Christ is really the only thing that's going to make you happy. And that the success that you try to chase in the world is fleeting. And that, that Christ's closeness is offered whenever we give and don't count the cost. When we fight and don't heed the wounds, when we toil and don't, you know, don't seek for rest. You know the rest of the prayer, right? That, that we really just want to serve God and happiness is found there. I'm convinced. So, yeah, so maybe flipping it back to Hayes then is, you know, from, from your perspective, because you know, you're in this right now, uh, what do you think maybe is the, the, the fear, the doubt uh, that of, of embracing that, that standard? Well, I think, I think it's two different reasons. For one, Going towards God and having a close relationship with God, many people feel doesn't give that same level of happiness that, you know, these worldly ple- pleasures will give you. They don't, they don't give you that instant gratification in the moment. And I think many people are drawn towards that and they see that as more pleasurable. But in order to see that going towards Christ is actually the right way to have full pleasure and happiness in life, you have to, you have to get on that road to God. And many people are afraid to also because of just like you're saying in class— Many people are afraid that if they go on this path, can it guarantee them success? Can it guarantee them happiness? And they're afraid to trust it. And that's, that's a big thing I think my generation especially has trouble with is trusting in God and trusting in his plan. Yeah, I mean, I would add to that too, that, that from the outside looking in, there are many things that are going to seem to be no good, no fun, no whatever, you know, no, uh, they, they, won't, they seem like they might not be a source for happiness. But when you experience in them, when you're in the middle of it, you, you would find yourself saying, I wouldn't want it any other way. I wouldn't, I can't imagine want it. You know, I, I think, for example, you all uh, know Brother Dardis, uh, who had been sick uh, over the summer. And um, 
was was really close to passing away, and he took a lot of it took a lot of personal care. You had to you had to really take care of all of his needs. Uh, everything had to be met by other people. And I know from the outside that may have looked like, man, that that's no good. That everybody has to just be always serving him, always doing these things for him. And yet, as I was you know playing my my role in it, it it was I just kept thinking I I wouldn't want it any other way. I don't want someone else to take care of him right now. I want to do it. You know, I I, I want to be in this position to be able to give. And I think that that's, that's something that comes with experience of taking care of others. I think that's at the heart of why we have service projects. It's the heart of why we uh, try to make sure that young people get an experience of helping others so that they can see that there's a great joy in being the one to be able to help someone else. Yeah. So I guess maybe my last question would be something along the lines of, you know, of where do we begin? Where do we start? But also maybe the, the high school student who's thinking, okay, I, I really am with you. I heard all that you said. I, I believe it. But right now I've got an algebra test. Right now I've got a chemistry assignment. Uh, I'll do that later. I'll, I'll, I'll be that good man and I'll, I'll follow Christ, but let me get my stuff done first. Father, what would you say to someone that's, that's in that mindset? Where do you, what, do you, what advice do you give that guy? I would just ask anybody to step back and look at the total uh, sum of what Jesuit is asking you to become in its mission statement. I mean, its mission statement mentions the word competence, right, which means that you got to know enough algebra to do well, and it mentions being prepared uh, for, uh, for college, and that's, that means, you've, again, you got to do well on your algebra test. But pretty much everything else in that mission statement is talking about what kind of man you will be and not so much, uh, you know, how prepared you will be for, um, uh, for uh, you know, success in the world in those ways or, or, or how to prioritize your things. It's really, it's really about the person that you become a man for others who understands his life is for the purpose of others. So study hard, right? Do well on your algebra test. I would never suggest that you should, should not do well on your algebra test, right? Uh, I'm not giving anybody an excuse to not do well on their algebra test, right? Or any other test that they have. But take in the whole package, recognize that Jesuit is trying to form you and your whole self, spiritually, physically, mentally, all those things is trying to prepare you completely to be that man for others. So I guess I, that's that's a big thing. Yes, absolutely. A lot of kids in our generation believe, okay, yes, I, I agree with you. God is important, but let's, let's, put it, let's put it aside. I'll do it later when I have that time. And I guess you're never really going to have time for God unless you make that time. And you have to want to make the time and not just say, I'll pray to God, I'll get closer to God whenever I have free time or downtime. Yeah, I, I really feel like uh, as I get older and I, I, you know, once in a while I'll even think about the end of my life, you know, what, what, what would I want to say about myself or what would I want somebody else to say about me? And I just, when, when I think about those words or what I, what I hope to be able to, to give God when I look at him in the eye at the end of my life, I'd want to be able to say that I was a good man more than I'm going to want to be able to say, and I excelled at any one particular skill, you know. I'm going to want to be able to say that I, I loved with the heart of Christ in the world. That would be the most important thing to me. Okay, well, I think that that's a good starting point uh, for anyone. And, uh, yeah, Father, thanks for, for joining us here, and we'll see you all in the next one. My pleasure. Thank you.